Looks like uh, Twitter was having some fun at the Sun's expense. Many people wanted to know how uh, the cash considerations that were traded for TJ Warren played last game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 462, company from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to do a deep dive into TJ Warren's performance and uh, discuss some Malcolm Brogdon. Plus, of course, we will have a stat of the week and an undegoogleable. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like butter toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacer fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, another sad shout-out this week to Malik B., uh, mm. founding member of The Roots. Um, passed away this week, only 47 years old. Um mm. Uh, fans of the show, younger fans of the show might only know the roots as the house band for Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show, but uh, we all know the roots as the tape that we listen to in my car over and over and over and over <laughs> again uh, during high school. Um, so yeah, just shout out, sad. Yeah, shout out, shout out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's a in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? It's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. NBA is back. Also, suck it, Philly. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? James Harden. That is all. <laughs> is that a that's a complete sentence? I think. I'm I'm telling you, fans. This is what the entire like COVID break was like. Like I'd call him up and he'd be like, James Harden. That is all, and then he'd hang up on me. This, this, uh, this. And I I appreciate the political activism, Harper. But I mean, calling for Harden to to replace some of these Confederate statues that are coming down, I think, is going a little bit. Too <laughs> Was that a bridge too far? I don't That's know, a, man. Yeah, Just trying to bring the country together, Jason. I know. Sure. I know. I Everybody. Know. I mean, agree- that's what I said. I appreciate the the effort. Yeah. <laughs> everybody agrees that he has a great beard, and everybody can agree that he stops the fastest of any athlete in the history of anything. So, if America can come around those two things. That's that's pretty good, right? I, mean, I think a statue is a great representation of him because it's him doing what he does best, which is stopping. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. 
right. You can see him in action, not moving. Can we get like an actual beard on the statue though? Like something you could comb, you know? <laughs> that sounds that sounds gross. I think we chemists might have to come up with the the right kind of material. It's got to be weatherproof, you know. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. The birds are going to get there. Uh, we might need to think this through. I'm putting Harper on it. He's the he's the you know the fan. <laughs> he he's in charge of the of the Harden statue proposal. Way to, way to delegate that one out. Uh, well, before we get into the show, I would like to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon, uh, any shopping you do kicks a small percentage of us uh, back to us and helps support what we do. Well, as I discussed briefly in the intro, uh, I'd like to welcome our new TJ Warren overlord. <laughs> <laughs> And his uh, return game in the bubble dropped 53 points on the uh, Sixers' heads. Um, you know, we we don't have a full strength Oladipo. Sabonis is out. Miles Turner is not going to drop 53 for you. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, we'll discuss him a little bit later, is uh, may or may not be on the floor. And plus, he's not a uh, you know huge scoring guy. So luckily, we've got this. He uh, he's an unstoppable force, immovable object. One of the two. Uh, that is T.J. Warren. Yeah, <laughs> depends on if he's on offense or defense. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Harper, what do you think is uh, is the best thing about T.J. Warren today? Uh, I mean, the most underrated thing today is probably his defense. I mean, it's it's hard to right. hard to spend a lot of time talking about how hard he was out there working when he pours in fifty three, right? Um, but without you know, without his effort at the defensive end, you know, I, we barely squeaked this thing out even with his effort, right? So without mm-hmm. the stops that he was out there and the effort that he was putting in, uh, we'd have lost. We gave up one hundred and thirty, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, good teammate and. Uh, I, I guess we all learned what it takes to get a smile out of TJ Warren, which is 53 <laughs> points and a win. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, when we picked him up from the Suns for uh, cash considerations, um, we, I, I think we all felt like it was a good deal because we didn't pay anything for him. And he had scored, you know, 18 points a game for, um, for the Suns. Um, but we were all concerned about his defense, right? I mean, we, we just didn't know what he'd provide. He didn't play defense in Phoenix, uh, but they didn't ask him to do that. And Nobody did. Exactly. And he, I, I think that that has been, you're right, the most underrated part of his game. He's just bringing the effort and his length um, and his ability to move his feet. Um, I, he's just really staying in front of guys. Um, this is, uh, you know, Quietly, he led our team in scoring, right? I mean, he's, he's 19.2 mm-hmm. a game. Um, he's one of the top three in a, 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 you know effective field goal percentage. Um, he's just – he's been an assassin for us. He's been a scorer. And on the other side, he's standing up and playing defense. Like, this is just a great pickup. And, and we don't – we're not in the position we're in right now um, without T.J. Warren. You know, Sabonis got the all-star game. But like, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Brogdon's been a wonderful addition, but like, you know, TJ Warren has been 
um, probably the most consistent player for us all season long. And we have talked very little about him all season long. He's almost just like a known quantity. And that's crazy because this is, this is a revelation for us. It is. And um, I think that, uh, you know, it was, it was summed up well, I think, in the, the postgame quotes from TJ Warren where he was just like, yeah, I'm just a hooper. Like anytime, you know, I'm hanging out with my family, cousins, like let's just play some ball. I just want to play ball. Like that's the type of guy that he is. He just loves basketball and will play it all the time. The thing that's interesting to me is in this game, uh, he put up 12 three-pointers, right? Which is an insane amount. Yeah, it's like our team Uh, average. Right, exactly. (laughs) And so I guess I have two questions. I wanted to broaden this out into a larger discussion, I guess. So, So two questions. So... Has did TJ Warren take the four month COVID break and add an element to his game, which is the three point shot? I mean, he's for his career, um, not a not a fantastic three point shooter. I mean, he shot forty two percent from three last year, taking four a game, um, and so maybe he's focusing on that more as an individual. But I also wonder, as a team in this game, in the the Sixers game, the Pacers took. 30 plus threes or something like that, which is well above our season average. But the Pacers are literally dead last in average three points attempted in the league. And so I'm wondering if, especially with Sabonis out, if this is going to be a new type of offense that we're going to see in this bubble and going into the playoffs. Well, it did seem like maybe it was a focus going back into the bubble. Um, it was a wrinkle that we wanted to um, toy around a little bit with, upping our three-point shooting. And hopefully they got that message out early. Uh, certainly, you know, too small sample set to draw any conclusions. But um, across the board, guys were shooting them, and, and, you know, TJ did a great shot of knocking them down. Um, we also did add in a, 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 a little bit more zoning. Um, mm-hmm. Got a three-two and a two-three that we showcased to uh, minimal effect during that game, but yeah. uh, uh, I mean, clearly Nate had some 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 new stuff that he wanted to throw out there, um, and it, it certainly seems like we'll, you know we'll see what happens, but it certainly seems like increased three-point attempts are part of the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, losing some bonus changes a lot for us right because that puts tj warren at the four we're basically playing small ball um and in this game in particular um when you take out uh, brogdon your team just becomes smaller i mean i either you i think we put justin holiday at the four or he could have been at the three um it, it you know um but you know your your advantage at that point is that you're uh, that you're quicker, right? That's the idea, right? Um, if you're going to play small, you're going to play faster. And I really did feel like we played faster. We we put up, at least at the end of the first half, we had put up 10 or 15 more shots than Philly. Um, and so um, if we're going to adjust to a life without Sabonis, it's going to be about pace, right? Yeah. Maybe. And I mean, I, I do wonder, you know, TJ Warren's a good, I mean, he's shooting 40% from three this year. But he's only taken three a game. So, like, doubling that for a guy like him is, a, I think, a good thing, right? So, yeah. For sure. 
And, you know, we've talked about increasing our pace for years and years and years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so, the way that Nate likes to play. Oh, we'll see if we can sustain it. It certainly seems like having Aaron Holiday out there helps us, right? He's just, he's a guy who naturally wants to push the ball and take advantage of his speed. Um, and I'm sure being a little guy wants to play as much as possible against not set defenses full of seven-foot dudes. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Brogdon is somebody who takes advantages of, uh, you know, a fast break if he can. But, like, in in general, you think of him more as a sort of a half-court player. Um, and when Sabonis is in the game, we run the ball through him. So maybe without those two guys there, our our only option was just to run more. Um, and we'll see if, if that changes when Brogdon comes back or, um, you know, God willing, Sabonis comes back too, which would be great. But um, these are – this is a great learning experience. I mean, if, if, if we can, you know, if if you can shoot this many threes and get, you know, some offense out of it, you can maybe do some sort of hybrid where we're not one of the slowest paced teams in the league, um, but also have a half-court offense, you know. I just worry about, we've talked about this numerous times, if you're a team that lives by the three, you die by the three, right? And that tends to fall apart in, in playoffs. Um, so... Um, I tend to want to be able to play slower if it if if it demands it because the playoffs usually end up being slower and tougher and more physical, and I don't want to I rely mean, on just running up and down the court. Is that still a truism? Yeah, I mean the Warriors after the uh, last five years of NBA. Like, yeah, but the Warriors have. Uh, I, I, you know, the if the Rockets had won it, I'd be like, you're right. It's not a truism anymore. But the Warriors have enough. Um, I don't know. I just feel like they're they're kind of the cheat code and everybody who's trying to be them has not necessarily figured out how to do it well the the rockets got rid of chris paul so they may have a chance (laughs) (laughs) fair enough you know we've seen so many teams that rely on three-pointers flame out in 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 a pivotal game or you know the the rockets when they miss 21 three-pointers or whatever and Mm -hmm. in a a game seven and you know i mean it's just if um, I just want to be able to have a backup plan, and and the, and the Pacers always have. I mean, the Pacers have never been a team that just runs and guns. I noticed in this Philly game that there was a lot of just run up and and take the first shot. There were several possessions where I was like, I'm not even sure we're running offense. Um, but on the other side of that, we had 31 assists. We were sharing the basketball. We were getting open shots. So like, you know, you take both. I suppose if you start running that style, you you have to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I mean, it can be frustrating as a fan to see our team go out and do a really good job of producing high-quality looks, and they're all from 19 and a half feet away, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, knowing that we could get that same open look three feet further back, and it would yeah. be more points, right? So, uh, I, I mean, I think by and large, our team really does do a good job of producing good looks out of its offense, Um but that doesn't mean that we're maximizing our offense uh, and having the ability and the confidence to get out and shoot three pointers, especially in a game where you get down big, right. To help yourself crawl back into it, or maybe even just, you know, slam the lid on a game um, by hitting a couple, you know, daggers down the stretch. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's good to have in the repertoire. And if you can produce those shots and their quality looks, we certainly have guys who can knock them down. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Th- three is more than two. Yeah, yeah, we well, have a ton of good shooters right now, for sure. Yeah, and and frankly, our our hand might just be forced here. I mean, without 
being able to play through Sabonis as a playmaker in the the high or low post, um, you know, the Pacers are going to have to try to generate offense from their defense, which means getting out in semi-transition, if not full fast break mode, and, and getting easy buckets, which they were able to do against Philadelphia. Um, and playing small makes them more able to do that, right? When you have... Uh, you know, hopefully when Brogdon gets back, but uh, even Aaron Holiday, um, Oladipo, and I guess, yeah, Brogdon out there at the same time, those are all three guys that can just take the ball away from other dudes. And mm-hmm. the aforementioned TJ Warren and his, you know, enhanced defense. So Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, we definitely hit some three-pointers to get back in that Philly game, but, like, I, I really thought what turned it was when we started getting active hands. I mean, we were we were deflecting things left and right, whether it always mm-hmm. turned into a, a steal or not. Like, we were just uh, – we were in those passing lanes, and I thought that got us back in the game um, early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the third quarter when we had slipped, um, you know, the end of that third, beginning of the fourth, active hands got us back in that game. For sure. Yeah, the other thing that we're going to have to do offensively is, uh, and we did a great job in this one of you know attacking the basket even with a an elite rim protector in the game, but we don't have a low post scorer mm. anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We have none. So that means that in order to create space on the floor, really the only tool in the toolbox right now is is slashing the lane uh, and, and trying to break down defenses that way. So guys are really going to have to be mindful of. Uh, you know, getting feet in the paint uh, and finding those outside shooters, trying to break down these defenses a different way. And that's going to be an adjustment for us too, right? There's, there's no question about how reliant our offense has been on, on Domus. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, it, it's a one game sample size and Miles Turner only played 20 minutes. So, you know, we've seen in the past that he can step into that Sabonis role in some ways, right? So that at least he, we're running offense through a high screen, high pick and roll, or mm-hmm. high post action. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's not a low post more, action. Yeah, yeah, he's much more comfortable, you know, popping than you know. Oh, for sure, for sure. Then absolutely than dive into the dive into the bucket. And we and we, you know, I think early on in our career, in his career, we were interested in him developing a low post game and it just never I mean he's got a, a couple moves but it's just not his comfort zone you know yeah he's he just never looks comfortable down there does he no he doesn't no I mean you know he's got a fade away but you know he's he's just not a banger it's just not his game so um, so yeah but he's very effective on that you know that high pick and roll um, <clears throat> so um, I think we'll see a lot more of that. I, I don't. I don't really see. You know, what, what's our next game? I mean, the, it'll already been played at this point. But uh, Wizards, the Wizards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a feeling we're. You know, Miles Turner is going to have a lot better game against the Wizards. So. I would hope so. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about um, in this first half here was Malcolm Brogdon. You know, we we. Uh, did a fair amount of talking about him during the the break you know he was very active in in the off the court stuff the social justice movements and he was you know sort of instrumental uh for the for the Patriots franchise uh in that regard and also you know he was one of the uh, uh focus focus points for the league he was one of the leaders there 
Um, and he's also just a fantastic player. But uh, you know, he's missed a fair amount of time with injury, and then he misses the first game due to uh, neck uh, neck soreness uh, from the first game uh, the, you know obtained in in one of the scrimmages. But uh, he's missed a, a fair amount of games with some bumps and scrapes and nicks and cuts. Um, is he? Is he made of glass? Is he uh, built for? Is he is he built for tough? Is my question. <laughs> <laughs> and is that a good thing? Harper, is he? Is he? Uh, is that a good thing? <laughs> what do you think about this? He's, he's built he's, for you know, tough, I, and the jury's out. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm, I'm it's concerning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I hundred percent agree. It's it, you know. It, it, it's small naggy stuff it's not like you know these are these are major injuries that are going to require 10 month rehabs and surgeries and such um, so that's certainly good but you know death by a thousand cuts is kind of kind of feeling like where we're at right now right um, yeah so he's a Appearing on the injury chart one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times now this season for the Pacers. Mm. Um, Those are different things every time. A variety of things: back, yeah. hand, groin, left hamstring, back, laceration. Remember, he like cut his finger or mm. something. Mm-hmm. Concussion, hip, cervical strain. Um, and this is a guy who played. Uh, he he's in his fourth year in the league now. He played 75 games his first season, but uh, years two and three played 48 and 64 games um, already. So. Oh, and he had the coronavirus. Yeah, and he had the coronavirus. So. Sure. And we have him locked up for another three years after this, right? At, at yes. a, he's our highest paid player at this point, correct? At uh, $25 million a year or something like that? $22 million. That's a big investment for a guy that might be made of glass. <laughs> He's our second highest player. He makes $20 million this year. Okay. At the end of his contract, in 2022-23, he will make $22.5 okay. I mean, jury's out. Um, you know, I would love to see more consistency with him in the lineup. I mean, of course, I'm sure he would too, right? Um but because these things haven't been catastrophic injuries, you're hopeful that it's a string of mm-hmm. bad luck and he will recover. To be honest, I'm like the, the Domus injury scares me to death. Like big men mm. and feet after having Rex Smits on my team mm-hmm. uh, is just like a super scary injury. I want him to like lay down for like seven months <laughs> if necessary. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, I was listening to one of the scrimmages from uh, for the Pacers scrimmages, and Kristen Ayer was talking about uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and we were talking about all the the stuff he was doing, uh, you know, for social justice off the court. Um, but he made a really interesting point, which was um, true leaders of men are very rare in basketball, and in fact, they're very rare in society. And that Malcolm Brogdon, uh, in, in Chris Neary's eyes, is a true leader of men. Um, and that, that um, this guy is special. And um, he is, you know, um, the core center of, of the team's 
um, direction because of his leadership. And he has um, helped focus the, not only the team, but the organization on social justice. And, um, you know, what a blessing it is to have him on the on the uh, team. You know, there, his nickname is the president, not just because his name sounds a little bit, or his voice sounds a little bit like Barack Obama's, but because he is um, somebody that people trust. Um, and, uh, you know, I think ideally these nagging injuries, you know, even if they end up being forever, but he's a guy that can see the floor enough and also be that guy who's a leader. This is, I mean, you know, is a guy you want on your team, even if he is a little fragile. Well, yeah, and what's weird is he he, he doesn't seem like a fragile guy. Like he's built like a tank. Like it's yeah. crazy. Um, you know, it's not it's not a Jonathan Bender situation where you're afraid he's gonna like snap a <laughs> his legs anything in half every or time he moves, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so maybe it's just one of these. You know, he's a young guy. He's still what only twenty uh, whatever seven. Oh, twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah, he went full four years in school, right? But uh, so so maybe he can grind his way through this or whatever. But yeah, well, let's hope so. Luckily, he's a guy too that. You know, doesn't necessarily because of his super high IQ doesn't always need a ton of reps in order to be effective with our offense, right? He's going to be able to step in whenever he's healthy and and be a contributor, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know that certainly helps. Yep. One thing too, I think with him is, uh, you know, he might be being cautious with uh, with coming back too early. You know, a little more conservative on these things. Sure. You know, because you know, because you know, because he's a smart player. Say, look, you know, yeah, I could play today, but you know, but it's about the playoffs, got, baby. Yeah, we got we, you know, we got T.J. Warren, so we'll be <laughs> fine. Maybe he was playing the long con, like he knew Oladipo was on the fence, and so he was like, if I mm, sit yeah. out this game, Oladipo's gonna be like, well, I can't just let my boys go down. Like I'm gonna play, nice. and then once like- Oladipo gets that sweet, sweet taste of NBA action, he's not going <laughs> back to the bench. I like this long con. I like this idea. I mean, yeah, he is the I- president. You know, that's right. He is he's- the president. Uh, to get to your back to your point, Harper. Um, yeah, this Sabonis injury is. I'm not hitting panic buttons yet, but it does not make me comfortable. No. Yeah. But hopefully they cut it early, nip it in the bud, get the, you know, don't try to fight through it necessarily at this point. <clears throat> He's still a very young guy, so mm-hmm. young guys can heal, which is good. And some guys, this seems like a almost a binary injury. Like, like some guys, it bothers them for a little bit, they recover, they're fine. And then other guys, it's like haunts them. Yeah, for the rest it's just of always career. with them, right? And you just don't know which bucket you know right. he's gonna fall in you know I, I agree hopefully we caught it early but yeah i'd put my panic buttons on the fact that uh you know thinking about joakim noah and how he basically played like 30 games a season with plantar mm-hmm. fasciitis but um i also uh made myself feel a little bit better uh this week thinking about how tom Thibodeau like rode him into the ground and probably didn't let him take games off 
So sure. I could just see you thinking about that, closing your eyes and smiling. Sure. Like, okay, at least we're letting him rest. Maybe he'll get over this. This is fun. Yeah. Tom Thibodeau, the next coach of the Knicks. Oh, yeah. By That's the way. right. We, did, we, we never right. mentioned that. Good job, New York. <laughs> sure. That, he's, a, he's a coach. I agree with that. Yeah. They hired a coach. He's going to get that locker room all happy and working like a well-oiled machine, I'm sure. <laughs> mm. So, not for nothing, it was, <laughs> you know, Sabonis' dad played in the NBA. Did he have uh, injuries? <laughs> Turns out, yes. Yes. Uh, and he had, like, well, he he had an Achilles injury. Not much you can do about that. But he also had, like, arthritic feet. So, mm. that's not good. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you, Rick, Rick Smith used to like. Who was it that was digging out old shoes? Like that was Rick Smith. Yeah. Was that Rick Smith? He would like. He had such shoes bad from feet problems. Or whatever. Yeah, that he was just try whatever he could. Yeah. yeah. He'd have a good game, and they'd be like, "What happened?" He's like, "Oh, I, I put on my shoes from high school, and uh, it was fine for a, <laughs> a day, you know. And now, I'm, right. now I'm in a wheelchair again. Like it was just. <laughs> I mean, he just. God, he had bad feet. Yeah. Humans just maybe weren't meant to be that tall. Potentially. Yeah, and for sure. <laughs> do the things that they're doing with their bodies. All right, guys. Uh, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we'll come back in the second half. And um, we got, of course, my stat of the week, which will bring joy to everyone. Hmm. And uh, we're going to undegoogle for you, I've been told. <laughs> or or maybe. We'll have we'll have something. We'll have something. It'll be fine. Yeah. Thank you. 
We are back from the break. It's time for my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. You know, I think this is something that uh, this has just come out. Some some news. Um, and it, and it really it, it hit all of my buttons. Uh, it had a number in it, so check. <laughs> no. And it's about Lance Stevenson. Check. Uh, check. News came out this past week that uh, Lance Stevenson was quote ninety nine percent set to 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 sign with the Pacers this past March before the coronavirus pandemic shuttered play. Um, so after that happened, the um, the team in the league were uh, trying to figure out what was going to happen and. Uh, it seems like the uh, the league decided that they were going to let uh, players be signed for the bubble, but they were not going to allow players uh, from the international leagues um, be eligible for that. So Lance, of course, is playing in China right now uh, for the uh, Leonong uh, Flying Leopards and... That made him ineligible. He would have been a three-time pacer, cementing him in Colson's all-time list. Top five. Oh, I mean, he—he's yeah, he's already in the in the top twenty-five. But like right. that that probably flings him into the top five, probably at least top yeah. ten. I mean, for sure. <laughs> right. I think cemented but, in the top ten if he comes back. But three three times. separate stints. I mean, I'm telling you, it's. Uh, has it ever happened before? trying to think I don't think so that seems like a stretch you know like to have three individual stints like non-consecutive like I mean that's just a very Lance Stevenson (laughs) thing to do (laughs) now um, so were we considering him after uh, Jeremy Lamb went down with his season ending injury is that the idea that we needed another body they were say yeah they were saying in March before the pandemic uh, sure. stop play was the discussion so Lane I went down assume, in February uh, yeah so I would assume that they were having discussions for it and then you know then the play stopped and then the rules you know then the uh, you know I, this seems like this seems like a personal jab from Silver to, against Stevenson <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's the point what do you care. Well, but it also raises hope that, uh, you know, maybe for next year. Yeah, Lance Stevenson's on the short list for off-season signings. Always on the short list. True. (laughs) That's true. So, anyway, I still got my Stevenson uh, jersey in the closet, but... uh, I mean, you can wear it uh, every every time we play, buddy. What's... uh, Why is that? I mean, I know. But it's more fun when... uh, when I when I when I get to see Lance make him dance, mm. uh, mm-hmm. in, on my continent, you know. <laughs> so you don't have the feed for the the flying leopards. Uh, I do not know. Or is it the, is no. it the uh, twelve leaping leopards? No, just the just the one. It the is actually it's eleven plural, maids so. of milking. I don't I don't know. I don't I think can't. flying leopards was. Uh, I don't know how you were brought up, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It is plural flying leopards. Yeah. So at least two. Okay. Look into the Chinese league pass for you. See what we can do. Thank you. 
<laughs> I wonder if the Rockets are still uh, banned. Oh, yeah. The... Oh, they're... Yeah, they're still banned for sure. All right. So after uh, tugging your heartstrings a little bit with Lane Stevenson, I want to know <laughs> if uh, we got to undergoogable, uh, cleanse my palate a little bit. Are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. I can work my work my noggin a little bit. So I, I don't know if this one um, has an answer really, but it's just something I want to talk about. Uh, I don't know if this is undergoogable. Probably is. Um, was uh, talking to somebody this week uh, and uh, uh, said that uh, I was told that uh, elephants do not have uh, natural predators. And I started thinking to myself, elephants are like super smart. Um, they've got this super cool um, trunk that you know does all this stuff um, they uh, they're like really like um, community based um, they take care of their you know their own I guess I want to know how why every animal isn't an elephant hmm <laughs> you, uh, rephrase that question <laughs> So like, all right. I mean, I I, I guess I, I I went down this rabbit hole and I was thinking like, okay, there was a time where uh, like the dinosaurs, right, were like things are just really big, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they they died out and mammals survived uh, the apocalypse, right, um, for different reasons, right? They were smaller and they had fur and they could deal with the ice age, whatever. Um, so I get why dinosaurs died out, but like it seems to me that like if you're really big and nobody can come kill you, um, and you also take care of yourself, and also you're really smart and you have a cool trunk, um, like that's really the way to go. Like why why isn't everything elephants? Is my question. Well, so. Yes, I guess you're right. Like if you're super, like so, blue whales are similarly just gigantic and have yeah. no nothing's going to come predators kill you, right? Like, so, so apparently, like if you're sick or your baby gets out of the herd, a starving animal. I I looked this part up because I got really interested because when somebody told me this, like a jackal or a lion or whatever, mm-hmm. will will try to take the baby or a sick elephant, but like only starving animals because they know that it's dumb to screw with elephant herds. Because they'll yep. just get trampled and killed and stuff, and sure. they and they always like try to encircle their sick and their young anyway, right? So also same thing with alligators, like they just get messed up by elephants. Like in general, like they're just they're good. Nothing's mm-hmm. messing with them, mm-hmm. right? They live a long time. They're super smart. Um, they're super caring for their their own community. Like, why isn't everything elephants? Well, I mean. Perhaps given enough time, like things would go back to being huge, large things like they were in in whatever about 
Jurassic period or whatever. Like, um, but I mean, the reasons that things aren't always the same is because diversity a gives an advantage, right? Um, or the ability to diversify, um, and other animals have found success. So like, once you have success and you have an a, a, a species that can propagate itself and whatnot, like you're just going to continue to have that natural diversity. Like that's right. I mean, I, I mean, I I I understand that it's kind of a stupid question. Like, because clearly evolution, like you have lots of different things that that you know survive and and have success. I mean, insects, right? They're just they're freaking right. everywhere, right? And they're like the smallest thing, right? I get that. Um, but like you know, like my little rabbit, like she's she's got zero protection at all. I mean, she's got she's fast, um, but like a lot of things will eat her, right? I mean, she's sure <laughs> she didn't have a tough she's skin. She's a prey animal. She's not big, That's exactly. For sure. But um, so I mean, I, and I get, but you know, she, what does that world look like when everything is has nothing that can? Well, I'm just saying, why aren't we all just elephants, right? Like, why can't we all just be elephants? We all just take care of each other. We're super smart. We got trunks. We, uh, you know, nothing can kill us. That's cool. Like, why isn't elephants? Why isn't elephants more things? So a lot of this comes, <laughs> a lot of this comes down to resources and reproduction, right? So sure, uh, elephants are gigantic animals that have one offspring at a time. Yeah. Right, and, and, they, and it's a long, it's a long um, incubation period, correct? Just they gestate for two gestation. years. Two yeah, years, okay. okay. So all this requires massive caloric intake, right? Okay. Um, so the speed at which the population can grow it just has a very distinct ceiling, based upon what its environment can support, right? Okay. So I need more. I mean. We just need to eat more stuff. We being elephant people? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So for humans to become elephants. <laughs> how do we get there? Yeah. We've got to eat more leaves, I think. Sure. No, I mean, yeah. Like, I think that it's... Every species has their own strategy, if you will, for survival and propagation of the species. Like, your rabbit, their strategy is... <clears throat> somewhere in between um you know an elephant and an insect right so insects just have tons and tons and tons of offspring right right like that's their strategy and most of them are gonna die and then they'll um or they live for like 24 hours and right. then they have more babies or whatever right and rabbits similarly like they have large litters, litters yeah right so they don't invest a ton of, i mean they do because they're mammals they invest a ton of energy and sort of uh, reproduction and and whatnot but they also just have a bunch of them because they know that like half of them aren't going to make it right? right or they don't actually know this but but they're whatever yeah, their species has been refined yeah. right exactly yeah. to like sort of um go with that strategy or whatever so okay but like i, I guess and it I mean, works right it does work so, there's a ton of rabbits but like i guess uh, on some level on i guess i was it's sort of a larger conversation about why are things not larger you know i mean you know on some level this does you know the idea if you're a small rabbit and you just have lots of 
offspring and you can run fast is one strategy but like also being really big is also another strategy so i just it's weird to me that there's not more large things i guess i mean that, there's one argument I is that we killed them all okay like the buffalo yeah woolly mammoths like we just woolly killed all that stuff because yeah, it was because they had lots of meat yeah exactly it was a fishing for us so we yeah. killed off lots of big things okay because even though we weren't the largest animal we became the best hunters right and we're the biggest we're the biggest predator to elephants at this point and now right that we're their only natural uh, predator essentially right yeah right right yeah and we almost fished the blue whale out of existence right like mm-hmm. It's just how we roll. We're fascinated yeah. by big things. Yeah. And they do provide lots of meat. Yeah, although we never ate blue whales. We were just in it for, like, for oil. For the challenge. The blubber. Yeah. yeah. The blubber. For the blubber. Get to the blubber. <laughs> Get to the blubber. <laughs> My documentaries are pretty exciting, mm-hmm. so... Do we know why, like, dinosaurs were, like, ginormous? I guess because there were, they, there were fewer predators at that point that could take them down or whatever? Or is that even true? Or is that, that a falsehood in my brain that, like, no. dinosaurs are huge where, in fact, most of them, you know, whatever, normal, quote-unquote, normal size or whatever? Chicken-sized. Right. Yeah. I mean, there certainly were a lot of those, which, you know, and because they were living on, you know, w- the wealth of vegetation during a warm, mm-hmm. wet period mm-hmm. in, you know, geologic history, they then created food for larger meat eating things. Right. And like insects were like ginormous as well. Yeah. So that like it's just, there's just more fuel around. Yeah. yeah. Seemed to be the case. Until, like, asteroid. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you've got, like, a brontosaurus or a brachiosaurus or, like, even, like, a triceratops, right, which is, like, what is that, the size of an elephant? Sure. Um, size of a Ford, I think. Big Ford. It's built Ford tough. <laughs> built Ford mm-hmm. tough. Um, and then you, you don't, and you only have a few large meat-eating animals, right? Like, you have the T-Rex and then the Alodon or whatever. Velociraptor. 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 But those guys are small, right? Are they taking down a a brontosaurus? I doubt it. I don't think much was taking down a brontosaurus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like the modern elephant on some level, right? Uh, Somewhere in between that and a blue whale. Didn't it spend like 80% of its life in water or something? Oh. Hmm. That's a fun fact. I don't know if it's a fact. It's a fun <laughs> supposition. <laughs> is the brontosaurus the one that got renamed? Like, yeah. Is the allosaurus or something? No, like I thought the allosaurus was the... the. It's like a tyrannosaurus, but just has a longer bill and more oh, like yeah. alligator-type teeth. Yeah. I think they call it the brachiosaurus now. Oh, brachiosaurus. brachiosaurus. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. felt like when I was a kid, they would always... You know, I'd learned uh, my dinosaurs, which I was very interested in, 
And then every so often I would read some story about this, like, oh, that one that you thought was big? Yeah, we found one that's like 50 times bigger. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that yeah, happened yeah. like every couple of years that there was one that was just, that dwarfed the previous bigger biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was like Megalodon or something. <laughs> yeah. Zooglodon. Yeah. Jigliodon. And then there was a, what was the, what was the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, uh, thing the combo they, they made that up though, I think. <laughs> come on <laughs> felt so that was based true. on a real eight-year-old's uh, story <laughs> that they got to write <laughs> nightmare fever dream <laughs> well i think to get back to your original question if everything's an elephant then there's not enough diversity um sure then and you know the, the, then these humans pop up and they just kill all of them or, you know, pick a pick another. Or yeah, the the um, I suppose the fl- flora and fauna probably has trouble surviving if. Right. Yeah, the, the, their food are just sources foraging everything. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so it's all a delicate el- delicate balance. Right, and ecosystems are at their best if there's. A diversity of things going on right so that way if any one thread gets pulled then yeah. other things can survive right like, yeah if everything's hunting one thing that thing will just die right and then it's gone yeah unless it gets adopted and, and put in somebody's apartment and then given a bell <laughs> that's correct just throw out examples yeah. sure <laughs> Yeah. You look at some of these animals and like like some of these dogs and and it's like how, how are you going to survive out in the wild? Yeah. yeah, no, evolution did not do that. We did that. <laughs> we made teacup dogs. If it fits in a purse. That's our. But I feel like you look at those dogs. I, I've done this before. Is it, one of them, one of these little dogs is like just just acting out of line you just look at them as like I'm the only reason you're not dead right now (laughs) I'm keeping you from the grave is is that usually work they don't get it I was gonna say does does nothing no kind of a stern talking to there Joe yeah 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 one of the reasons they wouldn't do well in the wild they're pretty dumb (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, my, my information on sauropods is uh, outdated as well. They were probably almost wholly terrestrial. Mm. Okay. okay. Mm. Sauropods. What, which one did we used to call that one? Was that the brontosaurus? Uh, it's like the yeah. It's like the family in which yeah, bronto brachiosauruses. Brachiosaurus. Brontosauruses. Probably brontosauruses yeah. back then. Yeah. Man, there's no other dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Things changed since I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a young man, I spent a lot of time reading about these guys. Mm-hmm. Aculosaurus. And sometimes, you know, like they they realized at some point that that this thing that they thought existed was actually two different species that just happened to have their bones together. Yeah. Right. right? Like oh yeah, by the way, that never that was not even close. <laughs> Here's two boring creatures. 
Well, I mean, I guess I guess the point of this is that the elephant is the modern day dinosaur. Is that what In we learned? The, uh, what way? I don't. I did not learn that. <laughs> Just because it's big. Yeah. Okay. Sure, I learned that. Brontosaurus was named in 1879. After uh, Emily Bronte, actually. Fun fact. Really? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Got me. (laughs) Yay, look at these artists' renditions of dinosaurs these days. And you really see the connection to birds. Yeah. Apparently lots of them were fluffy. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe even and T-Rex lots of them like look like T-Rexes. Yeah, like they have these short arms and like it's crazy. The so Apatosaurus I think was the Brontosaurus. Uh, eats puzzle grass cuz he has an Apatosaurus. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they weighed from between 36 and 49,000 pounds. Whoa. That is a wide range. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. 36,000 to 40. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, 36,000 and 49,000. Uh, they were... One of the stats on there is what it was eaten by. Um, and it was a Torvosaurus, which I'm not familiar with. But it looks kind of like a uh, slimmed-down T-Rex. They're, they're only about eight eight or nine eight to ten thousand pounds yeah 33 feet long though yeah 33 feet long torbosaurus it was a genus of a carnivorous meg crud megalosauroid theropod when i was in high school i drove around a ford torosaurus it is time to get going. <laughs> we answer your question. It was it was Ford Strong. <laughs> it was Ford, Ford Tough. Ford Strong. I, I screwed up their motto. Oh, Ford is no longer going to be a sponsor. Yeah, there we. There goes we all that it. sweet endorsement lost, money, Coles and things. Lost that Ford money. <laughs> oh no! They still make the tourists, right? Mm, I believe so. Yeah. And the Taurosaurus. You can find us <laughs> on social media. I think we've we, we've got all. I think we're good to go. Mm-hmm. You can find us on social media. We are at Undebeatables on uh, Twitter. And if you want to tweet directly at us, it is at John Cole. <laughs> <laughs> we are on Facebook.com/slash The Undebeatables. Our website: TheUndebeatables.com. And you can rate, review the show, of course, uh, share it with a friend. Uh, we got two shirts for sale on our website slash store. For our once and always coach, Bobby C. Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. I love this sentence. So they lived the Torvosaurus lived approximately 153 to 148 million years ago during the late Jurassic period in what is now Colorado and Portugal.
<laughs> Plate tectonics are weird. <laughs> <laughs> something something crazy went down. <laughs> the Majangosaurus. Woo! Yeah, apparently we're like running out of names for dinosaurs because there were so many. <laughs> Majungasaurus. I mean, that doesn't sound right. Large theropod. Ooh, there's the Afrovenator. So I like that one. Afrovenator? Yeah, A F R O V E N A T O R. Whoa, look at that guy. It all happened after I was a kid. Right. I used to have flashcards of dinosaurs back in the day. A little, little, like a library index. Big old nerd. Nice. But I did not have the Afro Afrovenator in there. It's because it didn't exist. Yep. I mean, it did. We just didn't know about it. Right. It didn't exist. <laughs> if the Afro if Afrovenator lives in the woods, but nobody knows about it, <laughs> does it exist? 